Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus What's going on, First and Foxborough fans? Kyrie Thompson back with another episode. Make sure you download, subscribe, listen, stream it on the free Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. I've been teasing this for a couple of days. You've been doing the whole Shrine Bowl thing, Tom Brady talk, but we have to talk about the Super Bowl. You know, that really important game that's about to happen here in a couple of days. And to do that, I brought on a special guest, Danny Parkins co-host of First in Pod, one of Odyssey's newest, hottest podcasts out there, and co-host of the Parkins and Spiegel show on 670 The Score, my hometown station. Danny, how you doing today? I'm good, man. I mean, first in Foxborough, first in Pod. Wasn't there like third in Manageable? Second. Yeah, I think that, that sounds about right. I mean, when you think about it, it's like it was it was really just made too much sense. And I mean, like our podcast names like show up next to each other, like on the sheet. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, so, yeah, we're we're Odyssey podcast uh, brethren. And uh, I appreciate you having me on. And uh, how do Patriots fans? How do they how do they like living like the rest of us without See, a Hall of Fame quarterback? It, that's what I can't, sucks, doesn't it? That's what I've been saying all year. It's like the 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 amount of and, and I mean obviously it's awesome, but the amount of spoiled that I think Patriots fans have been with having the greatest quarterback of all time on their team. And now all of a sudden it's like we got to have Bailey Zappi. It's like that sounds like something the Chicago Bears fans would say, right? Yeah, it's um not great. <laughs> it, it's not fun to uh cover and root for a team 
That's the only team in the NFL to never have a quarterback to throw for 30 touchdowns or to have a quarterback to throw for 4,000 yards. Not 5,000 yards, not 40 touchdowns, 4,030. No Bears quarterback has done either of those two things. Not even both, just no. either. It's never happened. So, uh, yeah, whenever any franchise complains about quarterback futility, um, I don't really listen. <laughs> no, no, I, I have no sympathy, especially from the franchise that had Tom Brady. Um, that said, I mean, hey, you know, now welcome to the struggle. Happy to have you all on board. And hopefully, yeah. hopefully our, our guy in town in Chicago, Mr. Justin Fields, is able to break some of those trends. But how about we talk about a couple of the quarterbacks that are going to be playing this Sunday? Well, the, the, the two of them that matter the most, that would be Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts leading their respective teams, Kansas City Chiefs and Philadelphia Eagles. What stands out to you about these two teams as a whole and about these two quarterbacks that we're about to see face off? Well, so much. I mean, I I love the matchup. Uh, the two one-seeds meeting, the two 14-win teams in the regular season meeting is spectacular sports theater. There's so many great like narrative-based storylines, right? Andy Reid going up against his old team. Um, he was never able to win the big game in Philly, but as soon as he gets the great quarterback in Kansas City, he starts setting records and uh, appearing in and winning a Super Bowl, hopefully maybe soon to be two uh, Super Bowls. The Kelsey brothers storyline, the two uh, first time two black quarterbacks have faced off. In a, in a Super Bowl is a great storyline uh, and significant. Mahomes' historic start to a career as his stated goal to be the greatest of all time. Uh, and then Jalen Hurts as, you know, the, the epitome of honestly being put I – don't, I don't mean this in a disparaging way, but like Jalen Hurts has been dealt pocket aces and is playing the hand very well. Like – it's the top-heavy roster of Kansas City against the deep roster of Philly. Um, there was a stat that Albert Breer had that I thought was just very instructive. Like when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, when Mahomes was on the rookie contract, 39% of their roster was drafted. And a lot of their guys, they went out and traded for, signed, whatever, because they used the money that they weren't paying Mahomes to build the roster around him. Whereas on this team, um, over 60% of the roster is drafted. They had nine rookies from this year's draft class active in the last playoff game. So when you have the expensive quarterback, you got to be cheaper elsewhere on the roster. So the Chiefs are a top-heavy roster. Chris Jones is elite. He's paid a lot. Kelsey is elite. He's paid a lot. Uh, Joe Thune, the guard, is elite. He's paid a lot. Mahomes, obviously elite, paid a lot. But then basically the rest of the roster, young, cheap, replacement level, you know, Frank Clark would be another exception. Whereas the Eagles, uh, because they've got such a cheap quarterback who played at a borderline MVP level, you can trade a first round pick and give A.J. Brown $100 million. You can have Jason Kelsey and Dickerson and Mylotta and Lane Johnson, all on the same offensive line. You can have four defensive linemen with double-digit sacks. You can have Maddox and Slay and Gardner-Johnson all in your secondary. Like The Eagles have 
12 or 14 guys that are upper echelon at their positions. And that's a product of having a cheap, great quarterback. So the roster construction of the two teams because of where they are in their quarterback life cycle is very different. But uh, I think both the blueprints for if you've got the quarterback that's been paid, you want him to be able to elevate everybody else and you can have a roster like the Chiefs. If you have a quarterback that hasn't been paid, then you got to surround him with a bunch of talent and use that money aggressively, which Howie Roseman and the Eagles have. So I think it's a, a fascinating Super Bowl just in terms of roster construction around the quarterbacks that you mentioned. Right. And, and that's been a big source of discussion, right? The quarterback on the rookie contract, you always – people, I think, are getting very, very zealous about it. Like, if your quarterback isn't good within three years, just dump him and get a new one and restart that rookie contract and, and go from there and keep on building and building. At the same time, and I get it that not everybody is going to be like this, but Patrick Mahomes is that kind of guy where, yeah, after year three, you go ahead and you throw as much money as he wants at him because he's that guy. He is that guy that can take you to the conference championship Every year he's been a starter and potentially win his second Super Bowl in those five years as a starter. And this will be the third time he's been there. You just missed out because you were in Kansas City a little bit there for over a while, but you just missed out on having the Patrick Mahomes experience. What is it like watching that career unfold, particularly when people are already talking about legacy with this guy six years into his career? Well, I mean, it's amazing on a, on a number of levels. Um, as you mentioned, I started in Chicago in January of 17. He was drafted in uh, April of 17, and the Bears traded up from three to two to draft Mitch Trubisky, and the team that I used to cover uh, traded up from 27 to 10 to take Pat Mahomes. Uh, slightly different outcomes. So it's been surreal. But also, I mean, Mahomes is the uh, poster child for a lot of things like the the next generation of, of quarterback uh, creativity mobility excitement arm strength improvisation but also a perfect situation like Mitch Trubisky was drafted to a team with a lame duck head coach with John Fox with a offensive coordinator that's never been an offensive coordinator since Dowell Loggins with Marcus Wheaton and Josh Bellamy as his wide receivers, Stop right? I mean, it reminding was, me of these names. Oh my god! Yeah. Whereas Pat Mahomes was drafted to Andy Reid, yeah, best offensive coach of his generation, with Alex Smith, Ace the Wonderlick, one of the smartest quarterbacks we've seen in the last twenty years, uh, entrenched as a starter who had won ten or eleven games four years in a row. You know, I mean, they, they, they were an established tier two going to the playoffs every year, you know, losing in Foxborough to Brady, uh, losing in Indianapolis to Andrew Luck and the third biggest comeback in playoff history when they were down 38 to 10 and came back and won that game. I mean, that team was very good. It was a very, very good, you know, era of Chiefs football that he just joined. So he joins the offensive coach, the good team, is able to sit, is able to learn from a smart quarterback, learn from a smart coach. Then he gets into the game, and he's got a future Hall of Fame tight end and one of the three best receivers in football, and it's like a ready-made situation. He's got an all-pro right tackle in Mitch Schwartz. He's got the number one pick at left tackle in Eric Fisher. You know what I mean? He, he just has yeah. 
so many things that were just there that in addition to his supernatural talents was able to take off, which is why he signed basically the lifetime contract. He was yes. like, as long as I got Andy Reid, I'm good. None of these other guys are doing that. Like, yeah. you know, um, Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen, we'll see what Joe Burrow does. Like the uh, Kyler Murray, like the guys who have gotten paid after and around Mahomes, they've been willing to like tie themselves to their team for like four years, maybe five years. Mahomes did it for a decade because he knew he had such a great situation. And so I think that that's been the most interesting thing to watch from, you know, I was close to it, but now I'm removed from it is just like, it's the single best pairing of coach and quarterback uh, that we've seen since what your audience is very familiar with Brady and Belichick, but it's, it's like for the new age, cause it's offensive coach, offensive quarterback. And um, the commitment is just unlike anything we've ever seen in the sport. Yeah. And neither one of them, as you said, right. Mahomes has the lifetime contract and there's no need for Andy Reed to go anywhere else. That is, that is his organization, his team, his system. And as you said, as long as they keep on giving Patrick Mahomes what he needs. And I mean, it, it's not, again, they, don't have Tyree Kill anymore, but they do have Travis Kelsey, and he's able to take Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez scanting and just keep on going. Just, just, just. Yeah, I mean, I think with. that's the other lesson too about paying quarterbacks. Like, if you have one, you pay him. But if you pay the quarterback that doesn't really elevate the play right. of the guys around you, that's when you're in a bad spot. Like the Bills are thrilled to pay Josh Allen a lot of money because he's forty five hundred yards and thirty touchdowns every year. The Bengals will be thrilled to pay Joe Burrow a lot of money because, you know, ice in his veins can put the ball wherever he wants. Same thing with the Chiefs. But, like, if you pay Dak Prescott 40-something million dollars and he needs to have the perfect situation around him like Jalen Hurts in order to be really good, well, it's basically impossible to have the perfect situation around a guy when you pay him a ton of money, right? Like, the Chiefs had to trade Tyreek Hill for five draft picks, but they were confident as long as we got Mahomes and Reed, they'll be able to elevate all of those other dudes. So the, the lesson is like, you want to pay the guys who elevate the guys around you, the guys who need the perfect situation around them. You maybe should be wor uh, wary about paying. Indeed. Have that be a lesson to the New York giants. Be wary about paying Daniel Jones. However much you're thinking about paying him because he yep. is kind of going to be a poster child for that coming up. Let's get to some Super Bowl betting odds because I know that that's something you're really into. So right now, FanDuel has the lines at, well, let's see. First, we got points. So they've got the Eagles slightly favored, one and a half. Money line is minus 122 for the Eagles. And then the over-under is 50.5. What are you thinking for each of those? All right, so I like the Chiefs on the money line, and I like – the over in the game, uh, but I bet at 49 and a half, just uh, full disclosure. So if it comes in at 50, uh, it'd be a winner for me and a loser for you if you bet the over today. But I got it at 49 and a half, but I, I still like it at this price. And my, my logic is both teams haven't really seen anything like the what the other team is great at. Mm -hmm. What I mean is the Chiefs haven't seen a rushing attack like Philly. They played San Francisco, but San Francisco was in a real transitional phase. They had just gotten Christian McCaffrey. It was his, his first game with the team, 
and they didn't run as much of the zone read stuff that Philly's going to run. Um, so I think Philly will be able to run against the Chiefs, um, but I think the Chiefs are going to be able to pass against Philly. And I think Philly's defense is very good, but I don't think that it it is like a historically great unit, which some of the production that it has put up has suggested that it is. But they have just played nobody. Like their schedule is just littered with horrible, horrible teams and quarterbacks, including in the playoffs where they yeah. get Brock Purdy and injured Brock Purdy and Josh Johnson and Daniel Jones, who you mentioned. But when they've played good quarterbacks or good offenses this year, Jared Goff put up 35 on them in the opener. Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love put up 33 on them. Dak, in one of the two games, hung 30-plus on them. And then every other game that they've played, it's the Saints, it's the Commanders, it's the Giants, it's the Vikings. I mean, like if you go through and look at the Eagles' schedule – and, you know, you can only beat who's on your schedule, but they have not played good passing offenses. And mm. the Chiefs the Chiefs schedule is ridiculous. They've played the Bengals and the Jaguars in the postseason. They also play the Bengals and the Jaguars in the regular season. So they've had two games against the Bengals, two games against the Jaguars, two games against the Chargers. Uh, they played the Bills. They played yeah. the Niners. Like, they, they, they 50% of their games have been against – playoff teams and great quarterbacks. So I think the Chiefs are just much more tested. And I think they've got the better coach and the better quarterback. And while I absolutely think the Eagles will be able to run on the Chiefs, if one team's able to run on the other, but I'm pretty sure the other team's going to be able to pass on mm -hmm. the other, I'll take the passing team getting points. Yes. And I think that there's this element of with, and again, this is more of a narrative driven point here, but Mahomes, what he's still been able to do, even while compromised health wise, has, I think, shown some of the depth of how great he really is being able to just continue to maneuver the pocket the way that he has, even on a bum leg, but still show that he can still run when he needs it. I'm just extremely impressed with the way that he still can be superhuman in a situation when most other guys would probably be severely handicapped. And I think with, just when it comes down to, if you're, if you're going to go ahead and pick, as you said, passing offenses, I'll take the better quarterback. And not to say that Jalen Hurts is bad. Patrick Mahomes is just awesome. Yeah, he's awesome. He's, he's awesome. There's really nothing to add. He, he can do anything on the field. And I also expect him to be better in this game in terms of the mobility than he right. was uh, in the AFC Championship game, both because of time to heal and because there's no next game to save him for. So right. if there is like, you know, the Toradol injection or something that they weren't willing to do last game, but they feel like they maybe need to do it for this game, I think that's certainly much more in play uh, for the Super Bowl than before. So I, I expect Mahomes to be at pretty damn close to 100% uh, in this game. And it doesn't mean that the Eagles won't have some success. I just don't think it's going to be like it was in the Tampa Super Bowl where he was running for his life. Like the Chiefs offensive line, you know, they've got Orlando Brown now at left tackle. I mentioned Joe Thune at guard, uh, Creed Humphrey at center. Like they've, they, they've upgraded pretty significantly 
uh, on their offensive line. It, it still is a mismatch in Philly's favor, but I don't think it's so overwhelming that we're going to see him like sacked seven or eight times in this game. Yeah, or having to throw while what parallel to the ground or whatever it was, like some of those just wild incompletions that he had. A couple more for you. I don't know if you had a chance to look at the Super Bowl props yet, but I want to know. I have. What, all right. I, I want to hear some of your favorite Super Bowl props. All right. I mean, so I I, I took Gainwell over 16 and a half rushing yards when it opened. It's at 19 and a half last I checked. Uh, I think Philly's just going to run the ball, and I mm. think that they're going to prioritize um, – being fresh uh, in, in in this game. And so I think that their second running back going over that relatively pedestrian total uh, is, a, is a pretty good number. The um, Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown, it's a very public bet, but the guy's going to get double-digit targets in the game. I was surprised that his number is so low at 79 and a half hmm. receiving yards. That tells me that I think people are maybe over-inflating a little bit Philly again, like their linebackers are not very good. And I, so I know, I know they'll put corners and, 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 uh, and safeties on him, but some of the like bracket coverage and the double team attention has to come from linebackers. And that's a weak point in their defense. So I, I like Kelsey to, to score and to go, uh, into the eighties in that spot. Um, the juice is actually on the under. So you get positive money on over five and a half sacks in the game, which, um, the Eagles are going to try to do everything they can to not put Jalen Hurts in obvious passing down situations. But I think Eagles defensive linemen plus uh, Frank Clark, Chris Jones, and the fact that I think it'll be high scoring. So I do think Hurts is going to have to throw more than maybe the Eagles would want in their game script has me looking to over five and a half um, in, in that spot. Again, because I think the game is going to go over uh, I would be looking to take a few more of like the the lower Eagles overs, like a Dallas Goddard or a mm -hmm. Devontae Smith at 60 and a half. Um, I just think that Jalen Hurts is probably going to have to throw a little bit more uh, in this game than he has in the previous two. And so I, th I think the recent trend of Hurts has been lower than what it's likely going to be in this game. And so I just like my prop bets to correlate to how I think the game is going to go. So if I think the game's going to go over, uh, I'm not going to have a ton of unders on my on my prop bets. Got you. I guess we will see if uh, Robbie Gold was right. If you uh, make Jalen Hurts play quarterback, then uh, maybe you're going to have a solid day as a defense, or maybe not. You already gave me a rationale for why you think the Chiefs are, or why you would take the Chiefs in this one as kind of an over game where there's going to be more passing. Got a final score prediction for us? Um. You know, let's say 31-24 Chiefs, something like that. And so, by the way, I, I probably will end up putting like a Chiefs minus six and a half alternate spread bet in at plus money as well. Every Super Bowl, I just get so anxious for the game to get there. And between like noon and kickoff, I put in like five or six extra bets. So, you know, there you go. I'll... uh. I'll, I'll I'll bet it big. I've already got a big bet in on the Chiefs, and uh, it'll be fun. Yes, it will. I'm looking forward to it. I know you're going to be looking forward to it, and I know that all of y'all listening to this are going to be looking forward to it as well. Have fun at your parties. Stay safe. Have a good time. I'm Kyrie Thompson. This has been First in Foxborough with Danny Parkins. 
of First in Pod and 670 The Score. Danny, thank you so much, man. Thank you so much for having me, man. I appreciate you.